0: You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pruitt.
1: Hello, Crystal. Hi, Michael. How are you? Great. How are you guys? Good. Happy Sparkling
2: Wine Friday. Ooh, is it Sparkling Wine Friday? I need to get in on that action. I've having a uh, bulwark cider here in Halifax, Nova Scotia today.
1: Oh, that's not bad either. It's sparkling. You're in Nova Scotia, so you can have some Benjamin Bridge while you're there.
2: Yeah, I could do. I'm here for the Canadian Brewing Award, so mostly I'm um, drinking a lot of beer.
1: Oh. So after beer, do you Michael. drink cider, or do you go to wine?
2: I usually go to cider, although sometimes I get so the carbonation after a while from beer and cider. I need uh, wine. Once in a while, I reach for a very like short, if I'm feeling a little bloated but still want to drink,
0: I feel like Straight Up Spirits is the way to go. You know, Michael, wait, wine, here, wait, wait, here. Michael. Oh, yes, Andre. You, you. You've, oh, you're there. I am. you jumped ahead of everything, and oh. uh, we're speaking to Crystal, but Crystal, who is the question? Because you did not introduce oh, our guest. Oh, guests. I thought
1: you meant start it off and talk to Crystal.
0: <laughs> uh, we're joined today by Crystal Luxmore. She is one half of um, the Beer Sisters. And the founder of a really interesting festival that uh, she's been emailing me about for, it feels like, months and months now. Uh, And it's called the uh, first annual Wild Things Festival taking place in Toronto on June 9th. And I wanted to make sure that we spoke with her before the festival took place because
1: it is delightfully geeky and nerdy from a wine standpoint. it, It does sound like a sex fest of some sort. Wild thing. In your dreams, Michael. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much for that i know
2: it sounds a little wild uh, we are we're trying to also incorporate like natural elements in the festival so we're we're kind of trying to be sustainable and we have some like all our drinks tokens i've been picking uh picking up pine cones and mini acorns from all over ontario with my children and i've been baking them in the oven to uh kill all the the bugs and those will be our drink tokens so, uh, we're building like a kind of a cool photo wall out of pine from a, a tree that my mom's neighbor cut down. So, we're trying to have a few like natural kind of wild elements that like reflect nature in there. So, this is and, so well and are
1: you using recycled beverages?
2: paper? Uh, not always, because we have to get some signage printed, and there's not always that
0: choice. So this festival it's it's a it's a walk around uh tasting festival where people will have a chance to taste and try different um let's see your your press release says wild fermented beer, uh wine and cider.
2: That's right. Yeah, so I feel like um sometimes as a as a uh I'm an advanced cicerone, which is like a kind of a beer sommelier. And I've been to wine tastings and the vibe is different. I never see those people at any beer events and they never really see us at any wine events and um, I wrote a story for the Globe and Mail on uh, wild fermentation and indigenous yeast. And I kind of looked a little bit into the world of natural wine, which is a bit like mind blowing. And I know that term is a bit divisive in the wine world. Yeah. Um, but I looked at it that in relationship to like spontaneous fermentation of beer and then um, indigenous yeast and in cider and, you know, using yeast from the skins of the apples to ferment and not adding anything else. And I kind of found like especially in terms of uh flavors that the three worlds finally could meet, and I'm really interested and in, I'm passionate about um people who love wine trying beer and, and understanding that beer has changed and evolved, and that there's these flavors in beer that are a lot like flavors in wine, and the same with beer people, you know I want them to go out and drink wine, and I know a lot of my um beer geek friends who love kind of. Uh, Lambiques, which are like spontaneously fermented beers, and wild American ales love natural wines. Um, so I've, I've already seen that kind of happening. So that's why we wanted to create Wild Things Fest, to kind of bring all those worlds together in kind of like one flavor zone, where like I think Anthony Bourdain said, funk is the new flavor zone.
1: So I, I have a quick question here. It, it goes back a little bit. What was the name that you called yourself? Or the Sommelier of Beer is called a what?
2: Um, so there's a Cicerone certification program, and there's four levels. So um, I have my advanced Cicerone. Uh, I would C- say like a Cicerone. Cicerone. Yep. Cicerone. Cicerone.
0: Yeah. Cicerone. Kind of
2: like an Italian word meaning guide, and it was started oh. out of Chicago. Um, there's a hundred and almost 130 certified Cicerones in Canada, and about uh, seven. Or I think nine advanced cicerones now and one master cicerone, which is sort of the equivalent of a master sommelier.
1: Oh. wow, cool.
0: So I, I know you you sort of touched on it, and and Michael and I um, like we've talked about wild ferments in the the past on on this podcast. I know especially in Ontario, wild fermented Chardonnay is definitely something that that I'm a big fan of. Um,
1: oh my God, you but, can't stop. Oh, can shut you? up, Michael.
0: Shut up, Michael. Um, you made me lose my train of thought. Where was I going here with this? Oh yes. So when you're talking about spontaneous fermented, uh, beers, are these something that is sort of cracking into the mainstream or is it kind of more geeky and off the beaten path, sort of like, um, the fine people from the, the, um, the living vine who will be pouring wines at your event.
2: I would say that it is becoming more and more mainstream, but there's some confusion out there. Like, um, between what is sour beer and what is wild beer uh, they're not the same thing and um, like you can sour a beer by adding uh, souring bacteria like lactobacillus which you add to your yogurt and get a really tart beer and you can ferment it really quickly um, in the kettle and it's kind of done in a couple of weeks and with wild beer um, and spontaneous fermentation you can do it a couple ways so Spontaneous fermentation in beer is pretty rare in Canada because it takes quite a bit of time and you need something called a cool ship, which is kind of like a giant baking tray. And you cool your, like, wort, so your um, sweet uh, water that you've just extracted all your sugars into. So usually this is all barley grain, And then, um, sorry, you have your wort and you boil it and you pump that hot boiling wort into this large shallow pan in your brew house and you kind of open some flats in the brew house so you get the the ambient air from outside in mm-hmm. and that starts fermenting that wort oh, and as it slowly cools this large mass of liquid overnight different bacteria and uh, wild yeast from the air and from the brewery itself start fermenting the beer and then usually it's barrel aged for quite some time and those barrels are full of microflora um, stuff like that and often it's blended at the end to taste so that's is is rare, there, um but it's starting. There's quite a few cool ships and new breweries across the country. Blindman in Alberta and Big Rock in Alberta both have one. Bellwood in, in Toronto has one. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of brewers are making wild ales by ordering wild yeast that has been um, cultured from wild yeast strains found in the kind of the lambic regions of Belgium, which is where these spontaneously fermented beers come from and are still produced today and are sort of like the granddaddy old world lambics. Breweries like Cantillon are sort of the leaders there. So there's um, sort of Britannomyces, wild yeast strains that you can order and then pitch into your beer and leave it in barrels for, you know, a number of years or six months. And it kind of brings those wild flavors to your beer.
0: No, so our
2: beers at the festival have, have kind of, I would say most of them are not spontaneously fermented just because it's a practice that's fairly new here. Yeah. But all of them use um, a wild yeast strain. And often it's like a house culture uh, that is individually and, and unique to each brewery.
0: So you you, <laughs> you talked about them adding Britannomyces to, the, to the, the beer. I know when we're talking about brett, when it works its way into wine, especially if it's not really well controlled, that's sort of the uh property that gives wine that kind of poopy farmy smell. What what does it do to beer? Mm-hmm.
2: It gives it a barnyard smell. Okay. Um, but it's funny because so it depends. So there's different strains of Britannomyces and some of the flavor profiles you get can get from uh the different strains of this yeast are, are quite radically different. And they all depend on if you're adding it um early for like um primary fermentation, you get a lot of flavors like overripe mango and pineapple. If you're adding it for secondary and putting into barrels for years, then you get very, very dry uh, beers because Britannomyces can take the beer to almost 100% fermentation, ferment all those long chain sugars. And then it gives you these kind of like barnyard notes, um, some flavored notes that um, brewers describe kind of spontaneous fermented beers are like horse blanket, wet wool, hay, um, but you can also get, like, cherry pie. So it's definitely, I feel like, for the wine drinker, it might be, like, a bit to get your head around. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, like, super funky and barnyardy, and we kind of like that in beer. and They also have a, a racy acidity to them. And other ones are just very, like, fresh and fruity and tropical. So there's, like, a big range of types of Britannomyces, and depending on when you add them to your beer, they do totally different things.
1: Wow. Well, that's, I don't know. Sitting here, and I'm just kind of listening, and I'm kind of enthralled by what's going on.
0: Well, Michael, free, it's, it's, not, it's not just yeah. beer
1: anymore. If you're free
0: on June 9th, you should definitely head down to the festival. Let, let's, I guess, well, let's get to the let's get to the details about the festival before we get uh, too, too geeky about it. How many beers are are going to be uh, poured at the festival?
2: We have 11 uh, beers, all from breweries in Ontario, but all from outside of Toronto because we wanted to showcase beers and breweries that are hard to come by. Um, and some of them have fruit added. Some of them are fermented in different like wine barrels so I think they'll all be quite different and we have five ciders they're all one off so special batches made just for the festival and all of the cider makers are only using the yeast found on the skins of the apples um and not adding anything uh more yeast wise and then we have and those are all Ontario craft cideries uh Rebel Cider, West Avenue, Palmies, um County Cider and then we have uh oh an Ernest Cider I should say And that is, oh, and we also have a a wild spirit um, that just came into the mix late in the game. So there's a distillery in Toronto that um, uses a wild yeast to ferment its rum. Uh, So they will be pouring at the fest as well.
0: Which distillery would that be? I don't want to guess.
2: I can't. I'm sorry. He literally, um, the owner just emailed me while I was. Here, Okay. Oh, Younghurst. 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 Okay. Yes. Younghurst
0: make great rum. We
2: just set it up a couple of days ago. Yeah. Have you tried the wild fermented one?
0: I haven't. I have the uh, Harbour rum that's kind of a, a oh, cool. become a mainstay in my house. So w- where is the festival taking place in Toronto?
2: Yeah. So it's at Propeller Coffee House. Um, it's a small coffee house and we're going to clear it out and uh, set up beer bars and a wild cider and rum bar. Um, and then a little patio so we have about 130 people per session so it'll be kind of nice and boutique and small and we're hoping there'll be a lot of chance to um you know chat and taste and um, sample a whole bunch of different beverages all made with wild yeast
1: and what is the what is the cost for this
2: 35 dollars a ticket uh and it's two sessions so the first session is seven to nine And the last one is late night, so it's 10 to 1. We still have a few tickets left for Session 1. We just opened up a new block, but not many. I would say no more than 10. Um, But we have a few more left for Session 2.
1: 10 to 1. am dead by then.
0: And where do people go to get tickets?
2: I know. Me too. I'm like, what? But it was just kind of what we needed to do with this venue space, and it's our first festival. so.
0: Wow.
2: so we're keeping it lean, but yeah, quite a few people like to drink from uh, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Believe yeah. it or
0: not, that would be that would be the me the me, the me me crowd. I enjoy that. Yeah,
1: that's that's the you crowd. I'm drink I'm drinking in the first session, and in bed yeah. by 5 p.m. Seven to nine that's my that prime drinking time. All right, after when, nine
0: o'clock it's water. And the last question: Where can people go to get to get these tickets if there's a few left?
2: Yeah, so you can just um, look at Wild Things Fest on Eventbrite, and we also have Wild Things Fest on Facebook.
0: Awesome. Crystal
2: Andre, so... I got yeah. one more question okay, which is always
1: it. asked to us. So if Crystal has a second here, I do have one more question.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Andre and I get this all the time. So you ready? What's yeah. your favorite beer?
2: Uh, Rodenbach.
1: <laughs> oh, you can actually pick one. Wow.
2: Uh well you know it's a brewery, but it's a it's a it's a wild ale and it's a Connell Flanders Red. And you can pick up Rodenbach Grand Crew in the L T B O and I, I defy anyone who loves wine not to love that beer. It is delicious and very wine-like. Uh, one famous beer writer called it the um, Burgundy of Belgium.
1: The champagne of ginger ale. Oh, jeez, You will love. Crystal, thank you
0: so yeah, much you for, for the having time. having me on, guys. I know it's it's sort of been a long time coming, and when you get back and in town, uh, I mean, there's an expression in the wine industry that it takes a lot of beer to make great wine. So I'm sure it'd be fun to sit down with you, maybe taste through some stuff in the future. And, oh, uh, that'd be great. I'm in,
1: I'm in! I love that, yeah. Let's
0: do it. Thanks so much for the time.
1: Andre, I can burn a chicken you. for you.
0: Oh, shut up, Michael.
1: Well, Andre, you know what? I was really surprised uh, at you.
0: Okay, how come?
1: Well, originally, originally, uh, I was really impressed that this was not a Chardonnay, because you had the, uh, you had the reins on this one. You I did. said uh, I want to book this guest. And I'm yep. thinking, oh, not another Chardonnay thing. No. But it wasn't Chardonnay. It was beer. So I was very excited. And then somewhere in there, you always have to jump in the Chardonnay. And what I have noticed about you is you, you have switched gears. You no longer tell everybody you're from Saskatchewan. You tell everybody that you're a Chardonnay lover. And I guess that's okay.
0: Okay. I'll, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to us having Crystal back on. And hopefully we can sit down with her and, and her sister. Um, they really know their shit. And the writing is very good, as she said, she is in the, um, in the Globe and Mail from time to time and in Toronto life, so uh, definitely something to keep an eye out, eye out for if you're looking to learn a thing or two about beer.
1: I think it'd be great to have them on and uh, actually do a beer tasting for once instead of always uh, doing a wine tasting. So well, I mean that's the uh, thing. It's just and like, we could learn, and we can actually learn something. These old dogs can learn new tricks. I mean that's it.
0: Like uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, like I like beer. I drink a lot of uh, a lot of beer. I drink a lot of lagers and, and pilsners, and I've got a few that I really like, but I've never really enjoyed them in in more I, I'll say academic setting. Because I mean you yeah. and I like when we drink wine, we definitely enjoy it, but we certainly scrutinize the wines even if we're just enjoying them it's kind of a default setting because we taste a lot of wines it's just not something that's built into me with the um with the with the beer and
1: i like i I like craft beer and i i like it better than the you know the, the big boy beer as they call them big boys um i don't but again just like you i just i just i go hey i like that one or i don't like that one that's about as far as i get with uh with beer
0: so it's time for us to go to school
1: it is time to go to beer school and i think i'm okay with that
0: all right well, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. I'm Andre Pru from AndreWineReview.ca.
1: Uh, I'm Michael Pincus from Michaelpincuswinerview.com. You can follow me on the uh, good old social network on The Grape Guy or at The Grape Guy. Uh, and on Facebook, I'm uh, just Michael Pincus. Hey, and the Two Guys Talking Wine. We also have a Facebook page, so we do. look us up there. And Absolutely. then you can keep up to date with our recent podcast.
0: And everything else. And hey, Michael, everything else. What do you say to the good people?
1: Happy Sparkling Wine Friday. I know you're listening to this on a Tuesday, but if you're listening to it on a Friday, happy Sparkling Wine Friday, because it is Friday here, and good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.